This is an encore presentation. If you like it, listen live on Saturday at 8 in the morning. Soul Sanctuary. You should be here. You should be here with me, baby. You know you drive me crazy. You should be here. Do I have your attention now? Are you here with me? It's bright and early this Saturday morning. We have a great guest in the studio. Uh, as we talked about last week, we're going to be talking about mothers and mother issues all month long. So today, uh, I have a friend in the studio with me. Uh, Jenna's here. Say hey, Jenna. Hi. So <laughs> glad to be here with you, Atika. Fantastic. So Jenna Pinkstone, she's an energy worker and sound healing practitioner. She uses her intuitive insights and gifts as an empath to assist with opening the extrasensory ability of those who desire a deeper spiritual connection to source energy and the divine. And she's also a longtime San Martian. So she's been here in San, Mar San Marcos uh, with me for a really long time. And uh, we had uh, an interaction together, one of our first interactions. We had some mommy interactions, and then um, we had a reading together that was really powerful, and I, I refer to it all the time. Uh, and uh, it was life changing. It was. It was. She, she really enjoyed it, and it was. It was very interesting how much she reminded me of a friend back home, and uh, I, I saw so many parallels between them two in it, and it, and it really kind of bore itself out. They have very similar energy. Great stuff. <laughs> She's a great girl. <laughs> Thank you, Atika. And you know, I refer back to that reading also because it set me on a trajectory path to my own soul expression, um, both as a mother and really trying to uh, sanctify that role right. into my current expression as an individual. Yeah. Because so many mothers, we, we, we try to keep those two identities and those facets of ourselves separated and really mm -hmm. emerging and a coalescing a reconciling of the those different expressions of our own fiber of our own being mm -hmm. it's really really essential for our success in this 3d world don't you think I do there ha there's there's an art to it but there does have to be like a beautiful braiding of those different strands of yourself absolutely right and I don't I, I find that most of the time we as mothers tend to overgive over sacrifice over everything <laughs> oh yes until you cease to exist and you don't even see yourself in the mirror anymore that's right that's, that's right. what i find and really a uh, uh, merging of those what without um completely forgetting who you are while still honoring that role as mother and being there undividedly for your children is actually the the great challenge of our our life and and it changes as such as soon as we accept and honor that identity as mother right and i think that becoming a mother or becoming in a role where any any younger one is looking up to you so we'll call those all a type of maternal role um it really makes you have to face your ideas and ideals about mother and motherhood um which is usually a complex thing i haven't really met anybody who had a very simple <laughs> and easy idea about mother 
Oh, no, yeah. no, there's nothing simple about that identity. Right. And really, I, I think anything goes for anything that is worth doing in this 3D world, any kind of embarkation of ourselves. Mm -hmm. it, it comes down to if it's going to be easy, you're not really going to grow. You're not really going to emerge as something greater than what you initially were. If, if those challenges don't innately embed themselves into your being, you know? I guess so. I mean, the actual, be the act of becoming a mother, biologically itself, mm -hmm. comes with so many changes. At first, they start off really slow and not noticeable. But you figure out what's going on by the end. <laughs> right, right. It's almost like an entire shift of dimensional quality right. whenever you, I mean, as you said, the biological act of motherhood, the act of becoming pregnant, the act of giving birth. Mm -hmm. This is a dimensional shift of epic proportions that kind of takes our life like by the handles, turns it upside down and shakes everything until it all right. falls out and right like in a crumpled heap on the floor and yeah. the act of reconciling that identity back into yourself again is really an act of picking up the pieces sure. and making a, a new version of you and being a mm. the most strong version of that self that you can be so that your your little one will have that layer that um what would it be that that supportive figure in their life and we all know that we fail at that from time and time again sure. we all know that um, the act of failing and 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 learning the the process it, it's it's a lifelong endeavor and we we kind of tend to look back on uh, you know the own our own resentments of our own mothers at, at mm -hmm. the time that we become mothers ourselves and realize exactly oh I see they they are a person too with their own intimate experience with this and you can actually feel their challenges on, in a generational capacity you absolutely can I mean if we were gonna if we were gonna go to sit and watch a movie together and I was gonna say okay this movie is about uh, this being that takes the infinite and turns it into the finite inside of their body and we're gonna watch what that challenge looks like that sounds like <laughs> What? Yeah, that's like a great plot line, but that's exactly what happens when you become a mom. Yes. And you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out what was that. And I have no idea. Like, I wish I could tell you, well, it's X, Y, Z. But uh, all, the, all of the changes and uh, the kind of setting up for us to be successful that you were talking about before, that's true. Every I agree with you every single step of the way. And then I would add the caveat of to the ex that we understand it because yes. <laughs> there's so much mystery yes at every single turn that we're doing it to the best of our ability to the extent that we understand it yes and knowing that there's a whole lot more that we don't <laughs> oh my goodness every right. step of the way and right. it, it, that that understanding that you speak of mm -hmm. not only is it like a prerequisite to actually internalizing the experience but it's also kind of a retrospective um kind of a, a hindsight is 2020 sort of experience sure. that you can look back upon and sure. and learn from from the past as you know as it continues 
continues to ignite and um, catalyze your future. Right. Uh, because you, you never cease being a mother. Even mothers right. who lose their children to right. illnesses or right. horrible freak accidents, they are still a mother on and so on in this life and the the many others that that they will experience and that is it's never something that leaves you the experience of motherhood right right in your individual experience mother how much you're able to heal your you know know, what i was going to say about like kind of reconciling your resentment that you carry about your own mother which is something that you touched into i think that one of the things that comes up is when you're growing up and you, you're experiencing your own mother or whoever mothered you. You're like, ah, I'd never do that. Or I would always do that. Right. That always stays. And as you become a mother, some of those things become more crystallized and are clarified. You're like, oh, I see why that happened. I see why that happened. And I think where we run into some difficulty is where now having been a mother for uh, you know a period of time, I'm still like, yeah, I still wouldn't do that. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> And I think that is part of the, yes, the intimate process of realizing our mothers are people too, with their own set of baggage, their own set of traumas, their own challenges, difficulties. And I think as children, I, I can, I can transport myself back through the eyes of my childhood self. And I try to often just so I can better understand where my own children are coming from, Atika. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's, it's so important because we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of everyday lives. And we have our own objectives and our own go- like timelines and deadlines to meet. And whenever we look back and we transport ourselves and put our ourself back into the behind the eyes of our childhood self and we can look through and see our mothers as a goddess that's who we are envisioning her to be and when we realize that she is fallible she is not it, that incredible perfect embodiment of that goddess that we that she absolutely was to our childhood self mm-hmm. it is earth shattering it is it's devastating and um that it it makes it it makes it very difficult because we want to embody that for our daughters also but that acceptance that we you know goddesses that we are there there's nothing perfect about anyone in this world and it's it it's something that we continue to have to revisit that experience and that trauma of realization about our own mothers is is really what I glean the wisdom I glean from that. I I absolutely agree, and I do think that that acceptance of, of both of our parents really, but we're focusing on mother today um, as human is really actually traumatic. I don't think that we give enough light and attention to and around that because we didn't just you know imagine oh this is a goddess no it's been confirmed with every single experience that we've had in our life up to the point where we have to accept that they're human right all food all clothes all caring for came from this being and what is that but a god that's right what a god is right and then when you get to the point where it's important to accept that this being is human and is not divine the reason I think that we get to that is because continuing to accept them as divine and see them do human things is painful. It totally is. Right. So the choices are either continue to be in pain from that or accept that they're human and get all the pain out of the way and then you can be like healed on the other side. I mean, there's no happiness. No. 
right? <laughs> and they're both difficult. Yes. They're both difficult choices, but the more mature thing, and as we've been on the planet for long enough, we come to that. If I can accept that this is a human doing human things and having their own human flaws, uh, then the rest of the walk uh, will benefit from it. And I believe that's true. I just don't know. I'm not sure why up to this point we haven't had, I don't know, a reality show or uh, an entire something department dedicated to uh, that transition. It's hard. It's a terrible one. You know, and I don't really think it has to be an either or scenario. I think that the mother can be the fallible human being who makes horrible choices and horrible mistakes that is devastating to the lives of her children and others. I think that that absolutely can be a reality as well as can be the reality of her being the divine goddess, the all-powerful all-knowing, forever-giving, generous version of herself. We are all multiple facets of, of beings in this world. We are all multiple expressions in this world. And, and those are but two of them, of the motherhead figure. And that that's really, um, I, I don't believe we have to choose. I think that our mothers and us as mothers can embody both. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was that was just actually my you could hear the cogs in my head turning (laughs) yeah i don't integrating them both and as well as with many others is, is part of the journey though and that is not easy well i'm sure it's true uh i just i tend to be really binary in my thinking it's either a zero or one it's either on or it's off and so when I start to try to blend things, then my eyes cross. But it doesn't mean I don't agree. Right. <laughs> it just takes me right. a minute to I mean, I, I, and get there. I, I don't, I, I know that we live in this binary world of dualism. And, and yeah. it's, you know, that, that is the nature of our, our everyday expression as human beings. We have to adopt that kind of... Um, you know, relatability to everything and everyone. I I think, though, that as we ascend through, you know, different dimensional qualities and really anyone who's had, you know, that awakening moment, that connectivity to source, to the divine, it it kind of... um, it, it, all of those different stories that you'll mm-hmm. hear about, they, they all kind of have a common thread where all of these different expressions, some seemingly contradictory fr- of one to the next, seem to merge together into a beautiful oneness. Mm. And that's really something I'm trying to embrace. I mean, not just in you know accepting my mother for her flaws, but also accepting me and my motherhood and yeah. my many flaws. Right. It, you know, because w- as soon as we're able to do that for the other who is actually just another version of ourselves, when you sure. get right down to it, right. then it becomes so much easier to, um, I, I, I guess you would say, to bestow the same kind of generosity of understanding upon your own life. And th- that's, that's healing. It is. That, it is. Yeah, that's worth. I think that's worth the price of admission. So we're <laughs> gonna have to pause. <laughs> we don't have to pause right here and go into a break. On the other side, we'll talk more mother and mothering. You're listening to Soul Sanctuary. 
So we had a break, went through a couple of uh, promos about some of the other shows that we have here on KZSM. Um, we did some cool asking of the Soul Sanctuary soldiers like about motherhood and, and how strict they think that they are and what are some unrealistic expectations that are given to mothers. We talked about that uh, really early last week when I realized that that's what we're going to be doing all month. And we got some really great responses. I think we'll probably read through a couple of those uh, towards the end of the show. So thank you everybody who contributed to uh, to our different questions. Uh, the one that we had was name some lies that we tell other women as they become new moms, like you will love them no matter how much they cry or uh, or about the little amount of sleep that you'll have. Um, and I had some really great uh, responses, including uh, that you'll, yeah, like you'll fall in love with the child as soon as you look at them. And it's kind of this expectation uh, that we're given that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily uh, happen with every single mom they don't bond immediately there could have been trauma in and around the birth that you know has them distracted for a <laughs> and that's never even like a, an indication of the love that you have for the child sure. it's a simple feeling and an emotion that, and right. it's not something that should ever be questioned right right but it, like you're starting this relationship with this I guess expectation that's not met oh yeah where do you go from there <laughs> That loaded word, expectation. How am I supposed to feel? What am I supposed to be? And, right. you know, the the experience of motherhood, like every other experience, we can't start with those the, that loaded word of expectations. Sure. It's going to, it, it's, it's really going to sully the experience. And Absolutely. I, I really um, empower women to try to keep a journal and to write down all of those feelings, all right. of those, even the ones that feel unsavory to them, because they're going to want to reflect upon that later mm -hmm. and see how much of a transformational process they have endured right and part of the only way that that really works is really to be raw honest with absolutely it. like if you're busy with window dressing as you're journaling when you look back you'll be like why did I write and you look at the date and around it, you're like <laughs> why why was I talking that, that's not how I felt at all I was in a horrible place right and if you can't be honest with yourself in your journal like where are you going to do it it's 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 refreshing if you can you know give yourself permission to say okay I'm not actually feeling this. I know people said I was supposed to, but this isn't actually what it is. And then that way, when you do have growth, you can go back and look at it and say, okay, I've grown here, or this actually stayed exactly the same. And there's a cool kind of acceptance of yourself that happens when you do have a place to be that honest. And most of us don't have that in relationships. Even if you have relationships, there's still more honesty that happens when you're talking to you and when you know you're talking to future you right yeah. right and I think that is a really great point Atika the relationship that you will have with your future self versus your past self mm -hmm. needs to be built uh, upon a foundation of honesty at, at all times really right. and I think the the root of the dishonesty comes from that fear that we are not we are not embodying the person or the mother that we need to be and a lot of that comes from a lack of community think sure. of the the trauma surrounding childbirth and how I mean women have lost their lives 
lives from the beginning of time from the act of bearing children right and so many women are feeling lost and alone during the um, the prenatal and the postnatal experience mm-hmm. and if you look at the process of how how children are born we're whisked in and out of hospital with really only attendance to our physical body and not our emotional body and that's Absolutely. where the doula comes in that's where the midwives come in i i had the I, I had the the, um, the the real privilege of birthing my children at the birthing center in Austin, which mm-hmm. provided a community of support of women, um, both other mothers as well as uh, providers who, mm-hmm. who do this for a living. And I can't tell you like how many of them. It, it was so igniting and it was it was so empowering to hear the stories of others and feel that you're not alone sure. in this process because right. you can feel very isolated especially after the trauma of childbirth alone with this this little baby who's depending upon you for everything to be everything in your compromised state. Sure, right. And and inside of that when you have when you do have, you know, very well-meaning family and friends. Oh yes. But you get set up so much cuz they'll say something like, "Isn't it precious what you did? Isn't it wonderful what you just went through?" And if the answer is I mean, kind of. It doesn't. <laughs> it's like, well, it's that difficult. might be what you're experiencing right, right now. And, and it's not even what they're experiencing or what they remember. It is a romanticized version of it. Right. Because it's been several years since they went through that stuff, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stopped myself. I said stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, right. And so, like, it doesn't really give you space to say, uh, no, it's not oh, It's not asked in a, in a non-biased way. Like, wait a second. How are you feeling? There's, like, so many, uh, the, the stories I heard about, you know, birth up until the point where um, I had uh, my, my sons, actually, my midwife, you know, told me, People are going to be very well-intended and tell you horrible things. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and the problem, what's the worst part about that is, is they, they're well-intended. So they do it with a big smile on their face and tell you how awful their experience oh, was. Yes. Um, yes. So it can be nice and embedded before you go and have birth. And nobody means it, uh, but yet they're still imprinting on you. And she was just, she had, you know, instructed me to just let it wash right over me and tell myself immediately that's not going to be my experience. And so not to accept all this kind of horror going in into it so that I could experience it my own way and without everybody else's fear, you know, pre-plopped. Oh, yes. The trauma <laughs> continues for the mother sure. long after the physical trauma of giving birth. It That's does. Right. And That's the right. the energetic uh, frequencies that are emitted by all who are... Um, w- they think involved they're right. they're not involved in the way that you're involved right that's but right they they really want to be involved and you yeah. know it's important that we we allow at some point their involvement but even right at the beginning at that compromised state i we were told to put a list on the door of everyone who stops by showing them what it is they can do for this household take out the trash oh, do the nice. dishes yeah this is how you can help this is how you can be involved <laughs> in this beautiful baby coming home right 
And that's yeah. that's really, I mean, it, it's it's about transmitting and transferring those energies, those well-meaning intentions mm-hmm. into something beneficial for you because you do need that support in that you moment. You do. And you do want that. And it's not that you don't want people there. You do. Um, but there's specific ways in which they can be supportive and in which um, you, you do need help. And there's lots of focus. And I could go for the rest of the show talking about <laughs> the transition <laughs> from the death of the single self to motherhood, right? And, oh, yes. and that transition is huge and gigantic. But I wanted to take a minute uh, to make sure that we acknowledge the transition from going from the single self to being uh, a step parent or a guardian over a child because that's a transition as well. Oh, it and is. And the older they are, the more difficult it would be for me mm-hmm. because these, you know, strangers have somebody else's. Uh, values and morals in place and you have to figure out how to blend with them because you're in a relationship with their uh you know their other their whatever their biological parent right (laughs) yes and they many of them will continue to have those interactions with their bio both of their biological parents right they will be a continued force of energy in that child's life and somehow you have to enter and be loving supportive beneficial and and everything that a parent should be to this child while at the same time holding that place of respect and Mm -hmm. holding your tongue even that's what i'm going to say in in addition to being accepting of the mess that they are you know mm-hmm. while they are actively not accepting the mess that you are you're not gonna oh, get it back no. not They're for not, a while no. yeah it <laughs> takes a minute for <laughs> for them to be like all right i guess i'll accept you but up until that point whatever how many months or years that takes uh you're busy putting in with very little return depending on how supportive your partner is mm-hmm. like and and so it's 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 a very difficult transition and i think that we don't really spend as much time you know honoring people who are able to do that we've got like the kind of the myth of the the evil step parent i get why they'd be evil i would be <laughs> no i would be when i when you know when i went from divorce into single life the first thing you know one of the things on my hymn list was no children i was not trying to deal with anybody's other their mm-hmm. other that their other this some woman i have to deal with always talking right. to my then whoever like <laughs> i just right. know with my uh, possessive Tarian self that wouldn't work <laughs> and then if your own children that you have from a previous relationship right if you know your your previous uh, your ex is going to move on and have a relationship with another right. you have that is something that is out of your control they are going to have an impact on your child's life right it is that but th- this is where the acceptance comes in I think sure. Atika. yeah I know that being a child of divorce Divorced parents. I had two households, both with their own respective step parent. Yeah, and there were so many challenges. I can't tell you the blending of families and the effect and impact that has on a, a young child's world. Sure, it is. I mean, it, and that is something that you know we're we're not even touching on right now. We're talking right. about the impact on our world as right. parents. That's you know? right. That's right. It, it's an it's a it's an epically difficult. 
dimensional shift again of epic proportions for mm -hmm. everyone involved right. because as you said coming from all of these walks of life coming from all of these perspectives somehow we're supposed to blend all of this into a melting pot of acceptance and respect right. and love sure even even love for someone that you don't necessarily you didn't necessarily bargain for that's right and that is where the the true growth comes in it really is and then while we're doing this while this merry dance is happening as the adults are interacting like the whole time you're pretending like it doesn't bother you that you're in the same room or at the same dinner table with someone who's with your ex right <laughs> right it's a very uncomfortable thing to be so many but facets of so, difficulty there there's so many parts of it that just have to be digested and um i i really honor those families who are somehow able to do that and everybody comes out less bruised and less scarred and actually something that looks like healthy i mean that takes a maturity that is uh beyond my understanding at this point in my walk <laughs> honestly yes i would i would attribute so much of my personal wisdom and my personal understanding on this i mean not just this topic but it spills over into your everyday world and your everyday understanding of how individuals interact and coalesce together if you are a child that is raised in that environment where somehow it's all going to work because everyone is committed that it's going to be so it's not going to be comfortable sure it's not going to be easy right but it, I, I can say that it sets the standard and the foundation for moving forward and for making some sense out of the chaos sure and I, I, I it, it takes everybody, first of all, willingness is a really big part of it. So um, we'll drive back into some of the more textured parts of <laughs> mothering and motherhood on the other side of the break. Uh, you guys are listening to Soul Sanctuary. We're having a great conversation. We'll talk to you soon. This is an encore presentation. If you like it, listen live on Saturday at 8 in the morning. Soul Sanctuary. You should be here with me, babe. You should be here with me, babe. You should be here with me, You know you drive me crazy. You should be here with me, babe. Thanks, everybody, for staying with us through the break. You're listening to Soul Sanctuary, and we're talking about all things mothery, motherhood, mothering, remothering, and that kind of thing. Um, I think that we were kind of talking about some of the unrealistic expectations that we give uh, mothers. It's hard to separate them from women, so <laughs> it's just like everybody, right? Whenever you have a yoni, this is what we think about you. So <laughs> and everything you're supposed to be. That's right. Uh, I mean, we're supposed to, you know, lose the baby weight, but mm -hmm. also have dinner on the table every single day. Right. We're supposed to keep the house clean. We're supposed to work, apparently, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, staying madly in love with both our spouse and our children the entire time <laughs> and somehow find time for intimacy and being you oh that's right yeah <laughs> they're, they're, they're so uh contradictory all of it. it it just it comes out into these this machiavellian unattainable craziness that we all are continually holding each other kind of hostage to i would say hostage to because it it's that oppressive but i think that uh one of the things that happens um on this journey a lot of times is that we feel isolated we're the only one and i wanted to take a minute to just point out that whenever you're experiencing something that 
makes you feel more alone, more individual, like a singular expression where there's no one else um, there with you. That's ego. The first thing that you can know is it's definitely ego that's making you feel like you're the only one. Because for whatever reason, ego's tendency is to pull you out into the middle of a desert where it looks like no one else is around. Because I think that it's easier to accept damage that way. Oh, I love that imagery, Atika. That's yeah. great. I, yeah. I actually try to use imagery um, in most of my meditational practices and trying to transform the energies that are inflicting within me and causing that strain. Right. Um, I love that imagery that you gave of, of yourself alone in the desert because right. it, it, it's, it's almost as though what I try to do whenever a moment like that hits me as it does us all mm -hmm. whenever we are feeling compromised and vulnerable sure I, I try to envision myself as a woman you know thousands of years ago right. really as thousands of women throughout the ages and then I'm going to look back on that moment and think to myself oh yes I'm the only one who's ever experienced this <laughs> feeling right now right. that's really likely right right I mean and because if you can see those women in your I call it my orb of understanding mm. some people call it their third eye some people call it their you know intuition it doesn't matter what you call it sure. but if you can see those women you can look in their faces and you can look in their eyes and you you can empathically feel what it is that they're feeling you will know you will know that you're not alone and you never have been right right you never have but it, but it's so easy once you start accepting that kind of that little bit of poison it's just like a little bit of poison of oh well it's only you right and then you've got this singled out kind of thing and that goes into your scarcity and all different kind of complexes that we all have scarcity and abandonment at the same time <laughs> it starts <laughs> it starts there so where the heck is it gonna go it started in two really you know hot uh, uh topics for you right that we all like deal with and, and however however we do and so i think that uh for those who are listening who are in some kind of maternal role as soon as you start, as soon as you identify that what is happening, what you're experiencing is making you feel more isolated, know that you're dealing with ego. Just understand where it's coming from so that you can kind of understand how to deal with it, right? There's really a practice that I, I also work with with ego. I call mm -hmm. it my anti-ego practice. If okay. you start looking at your ego as something that is a part of you, but it's also just one individual facet of yourself. It's not your entire you. I think sure. that's where we become uh, consumed in those feelings and we right. forget who we actually are and what we're here to do. My practice is I, I think of my ego as kind of an old... Uh, uh, I guess maybe a demented aunt not demented that's the wrong word <laughs> like you know a, a meddling aunt someone yeah. who sits on your bedside oh Jenna you're never going to amount to this <laughs> oh Jenna well, what are you thinking you're you're so weird no one's gonna relate to this yeah and and I I, I look at my ego and I say oh auntie ego I love you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes it so much more palatable if you sure. just give your ego a hug and let it know that you hear it yeah. you are present with it you acknowledge that it's there but you also you know you acknowledge that it's only one separate facet of you and you are sure. so much more there's an infinite universe inside of yourself and you you need to acquiesce that ego as what it actually is which is you know coming from and expressing itself from a place of fear 
That's right. That's right. It's important because sometimes people, when we demonize the idea of ego and stuff, we forget that it wasn't born out of anything evil. It's actually coming from something that thinks it's trying to help you. And if you've ever experienced uh, life around any earth sign, you know, it's worse when they think they're trying to help you. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yes, yes. And and their roots run deep, too. They do. They do. Because the good intention gives it passion and color and vibrancy. It's like, yeah, but I don't want that. <laughs> and you coming at it with all that energy and color doesn't make me want it more. I still don't want it. I don't like green eggs and ham. <laughs> Get it away from me. <laughs> Doesn't matter how many rhymes I pass that to you. <laughs> no, thank you, please. So, so uh, yeah. So it's first, you know, not to demonize that, but and also I think that I like that idea of dealing with it like a meddling auntie. Like, oh, thank you. I hear you. You're yes, yes. You're right. That is scary over there. This is different than we've ever seen before. You're absolutely right. And then continue on your path without having been stopped. It's really important to see the aunt, to yeah. see, you know, her, her rollers in her hair right. and the, the silliness of right. from where she's coming from, because right. it, it gives her, it gives your ego a life. It gives it a voice. Sure. So you're not suppressing it. You're not pushing it down right. inside so it can yeah. emerge at the most inopportune moments, you know, right. Right. It, it's important to give your ego that expression, mm -hmm. but to put it in the correct place within your role role here on earth it's yeah. you know you you need to it, it's about reconciling and mm -hmm. acknowledging but also putting it into perspective right right and it's i think it's important to remember that uh sharing your story is healing you know sharing is healing and so it's not a bother it's not uh, a burden to share that with and to you know go to your women's circles and talk to your tribe about you know and get this stuff up and out of you not everybody's going to have time all of the time to give you the feedback that you need and give you the support that you need, but that doesn't mean you don't need the support, and that doesn't mean you can't ask for it. You need to be able to reach out and, and be able to, you know, get some support back. If you're in a place where you really don't feel like that's available, like we're saying, go to journal. Like, giving it a place to live can give you a little bit of relief um, yes. from the stress and the pressure that you can kind of experience from all these different conflicting roles that you're told that you're supposed to be. Yes, real estate is what I call it, giving it a place to live. I, I love that, actually. Mm -hmm. um, giving it the real estate that it deserves, giving it that place that it can it can kind of just, you know, Im imbue itself on the pages of the journal or within the intimacy of the group circle that you, you gather at once a month or perhaps you go out to lunch with your best friend. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's really up to you how it is that you want to um, you know open up that echo chamber inside of yourself to share who you are with the world but it mm -hmm. is something that is a prerequisite to healing absolutely it is and and you know be brave enough to just ask the questions like hey do you want to go grab coffee and to that mom in the mom group that you like that you always like her comments on <laughs> right right <laughs> oh man be right there's so many of them be brave you know for the 20 seconds that it takes to say hey would you would you like to go and grab us something we can bring the kids or not and just go ahead and kind of make that bridge i've seen a lot of really cute memes about like me looking at somebody who i have a mom crush on but i'm scared to talk 
So oh, we're so afraid of intimacy yeah. in our culture. I mean, yeah. we think of the word intimacy as something shared with your significant other, but right. I think that we are absolutely thirsting for it sure. with, uh, you know, platonic relationships with right. others that have the same experiences as our own. Right. That's really, um, you know, being vulnerable and expressing those vulnerabilities is something that we really have to get past in order to achieve that level of intimacy that's going to help us grow into the women that we were always meant to be absolutely absolutely and it doesn't it, it doesn't have to, like if you can quiet your mind enough to know that you know just asking this one question whether they say yes or no is not going to make or break me i right. just need to be brave enough to just say and then once it's out there even if the person can't make it now they know that you know that's something that you want to do so maybe it'll come up again later but it does take a little bit of coaxing to get yourself to and through that and and i appreciate when i appreciate when people you know have the braveness to, <laughs> to do that because you know i'm a, i get i get nervous about it myself like is it okay and who knows i don't know how you're supposed to navigate through <laughs> adult right. relationships none of us really want that experience of rejection but you know you it's, it's something that i i think it shapes us um right. kind of like the Kind of like the, the you know, in the riverbed, the, the water that flows past the rock, it erodes us right. it, it, to a certain point that, that's uncomfortable. But it we is. really need that in order to, if you think about the riverbed, it shapes the rock into something beautiful. It really does. And also, just to, just to acknowledge that we all have a very weird kind of relationship with each other right now because we have this social media so <laughs> I might know about oh, your hysterectomy yes. but I don't know your middle name <laughs> oh my and goodness. that's odd but like that's what's happening because we you know we share these odd moments on and now we're Facebook friends so I have all this information about you that I really don't remember your oldest kid's name you know like it's just like this weird uh, kind of balancing that happens it's a level of superficial intimacy I would say that um, we are and I think so Social media is a testament to how much we really are thirsting for That's that right. intimacy. That's right. It's something that we are reaching out for, but from a comfortable distance. That's so right. that we don't actually have to put ourselves on the chopping block of right. maybe being rejected by this actual person. And I, I think that the the not the fear, but the actual chance of being rejected in that moment is what makes it whenever you're not so beautiful. Whenever that right. person accepts you and says, yeah, let's go get coffee. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Let's do that. Right, right. And that's where, and there, and there, and there is where life is actually. Mm -hmm. Like outside of all the facade and the paint and all that stuff, in that moment, you know, in, in those that risk and then the result of that risk that's actually where life is happening and it's in such it's smaller and smaller moments but it's up to you right so you can challenge yourself like this month i'm going to you know extend myself to three people that have you know been cyber stalking i love yeah. that yeah so three people so between now and june 11th right <laughs> i love it we're going to reach out to three different uh women let's say women uh, that we have feel like that kind of connection with and just like, hey, let's X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you want to do. Let's do something and you can come up with a plan together. Um, but I like the idea of trying to help because 
uh, let me tell you something. When I do tarot readings, when we sit down, and when I talk to people about if, if what comes out in their cards is that they need more community, nobody's ever like, oh, no, I'm good. I've got enough. I'm cool. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's a deficit uh, in, right. with all of us with right now. Everybody, with everybody, that deeper connection we all need it. And so, uh, I, in my experience, I don't think you're going to run across many people who are like, "Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with I'm with you staying over there." But even if they do, uh, you're strong enough to survive. That's just 20 seconds of braveness. But we have about 90 seconds of break <laughs> to jump into, and we'll be back on the other side. You're listening to Soul Sanctuary. Hey everybody, we're back on the other side of a break with Soul Sanctuary, listening to Atika and Jenna. Say hey, Jenna. Hey, it's so good to be here. I've really enjoyed this, Atika. <laughs> I'm glad. You're, it's a really good conversation. We're having a great time. I wanted you to get a moment to kind of let everybody know how to get in contact with you, to work directly with you if they wish. Well, honestly, Atika, what I like to do, what, what I find my particular soul expression to be embodying itself in the best way is in empowering others, specifically women, to really find that intuitive power within themselves. I, I don't really embody or, or try to embody for anyone that, that guru role of I have all the answers and I'm going to help you, I'm going to heal you. I think that is speaking from a place of ego as well. I think that it's important that we learn to heal ourselves and I have some tools in my toolkit that can really help you to do so. Okay. Um, if anyone would like to reach out to me in a direct message on Facebook or Instagram, they can find me. I'm Jenna Pinkstone, just like the color and the rock. <laughs> I really love the um, I, I love the rose quartz and all that it embodies. I think that it is a powerful frequency that is subtle, but in, in incredible in in the um, universal love that it promotes. And that's that's really the the center of the brand Pinkstone, and that's what I hope to ignite and incite within you. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So about healing and kind of getting ourselves back aligned um, is what we come to you for. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I already mentioned that I like to use a lot of um, visuals. I like to, uh, I, I think the imagination is kind of a key role in this healing process that we've kind of been programmed against it. We've been programmed to think, oh, you're just imagining that. Oh, that's all in your imagination. Well, you know what? That's actually a very powerful tool that is absolutely. incredibly, um, it, it, as children, it, it, it's very pronounced did you notice sure. that the yeah. children have this this powerful tool of imagination and they can shape their world with it Absolutely. and we lose that ability to do so as adults and i really like to put you back in touch with your imagination and and to use visuals and to use um whatever it is that speaks to you and to see it in your orb of understanding in right. your orb of knowing and you can call it your mind's eye your third eye it's a powerful tool that we really need to reconnect with and it holds a lot of the answers that are specific to us in our lives 
there's mm -hmm. really no one else that can give us these answers other than ourselves. And if if you look at the term guru, what it actually translates to in original Sanskrit meaning is the dispeller of darkness. So a guru is not right. someone who has all the answers. They are simply someone that shines the light on your specific path. And that is right. really what I am aiming to do here for anyone right. who's interested. I think that really has a that speaks to what I think of when I think of a healer is to figure out how to come up with your own equation right because only you know where all of your shadow is and only you know where all of your triggers are and so if you're working with a healer who can say well you know look over in this area it right. feels like this is coming from there then you can you know uh, get help with how to set up your healing to specifically speak to you so that it's individualized and can help you directly and most effectively right and are, are they going to shine how are they going to shine that light is it going to be a jarring flashlight that they you feel exposed and you're going right. to run away and never <laughs> want to look at that again Not or is worry. it going to be kind of a candlelight that you embrace slowly with grace sure and this is actually something that i try to um assist those that i work with i i, I need to foster a a connection and a feeling of comfort from within and mm -hmm. from without so that they feel feel not only compelled but empowered to right. look closely at their shadow self right and it's something that we all have we all have our shadow aspect we Absolutely. all have work to do or else we wouldn't be here right? right right that's right and just because i mean i have healing to do on myself as well just because i'm going to help you with your healing that doesn't change i there is in no way am i am i some perfect embodiment some healer mm -hmm. no one is and anyone who purports to be is kind of jerking your chain don't you think <laughs> i do i do There's no, no one I've, I've met has reached perfection right but if you have you know tools that can help someone from where they are that's cool share those and then you know you go get your tools from over there <laughs> and if everybody can share then we can kind of as a whole uh be more healthy and i think that when we look around and see the kind of dysfunction uh, that plays itself out in the world there's a whole lot of holes <laughs> oh are there ever the i love the the contradictory term of holism don't you oh, yeah like it, it, they mean like it, it that's an example of something that means opposite of itself yeah the holism versus the holes in in, in the hole right you know? right <laughs> that's right <laughs> we it's like swiss cheese but it's also like a comprehensive hole it that's really right. is and it's it's important. I loved how you touched on the collective there, Atika, because mm -hmm. um, we all do have something very important to share and something to offer. And we all we all need to so, something some imagery that I'm going to share here for a moment. Um, a recent session that I just completed for someone. What came up for me was the accumulation that we have, like water droplets falling from the sky and as those sure. water droplets fall across the earth and fall into these river valleys and absorb through rock there's so much accumulation that is taken up by us as individual water droplets that it weighs us down and this i attribute to the trauma 
Right. The trauma that is ever, it, it, it's, a, it's a weight. Mm -hmm. It's a weight and it's an experience that we, you know, we're absolutely different and changed forever by it. But it's something that we have to assist ourselves with letting go. Right. And that is something that I strive to help others do. It's, it's so important to take that experience, to take that accumulation that we have over the course of our lives and, and to look at it for what it is and to thank it for the in incredible transformation that it has done for yourself and then to simply let go right. and let it go on its way. Mm -hmm. And you feel lighter. You are, you're transcended from that point. And everything that you have acquired from that experience, you still have within you to share with others. Right, right. And you can release that. I think that that's probably the biggest if I was going to ask understand what life's meaning is I think it's to learn to release everything that holds you down I think that's why there's cultures that call the completion of that process enlightenment it makes complete sense yes because you do get to levitate you do get to be lighter once you're able to kind of let go of some things and it's not just you know it, it, it does it's a process <laughs> I should say a lifelong process a lifelong many process. lives for many people that's right so we've uh kind of delved into and through some of i think the more complex parts of motherhood and mothering and as we're about to honor uh mothers uh, on this made-up holiday i'm not sure why <laughs> I don't know where it came from. Oh, it's part of a collective now. There, it, There's an energetic frequency that exists on Mother's Day that we're all feeding into. So it makes it real. And right. really, that that's really all that's required to make anything real in your world is, sure. is for a, co a collective understanding with others and, and to build upon that. Right. And I, I mean, it, it, I agree with you. It, it seems silly, but, you know, it's it, if it's a collective that serves us, then, you know, as as long as it's not just something that keeps Hallmark in business, I'm all for it. Right. Well, well, me too. And uh, just like we were talking about around the holidays, you want to remember that it, it not everybody. This isn't a shiny, happy day for a lot of people. A lot of people have lost their mothers, or are still trying to work out their relationship with their own or themselves. As like a lot of people are in, or they've lost children. Or they've lost children. It's, there's so many different uh, versions of, of difficulty that are associated with it. Absolutely. Right. So to, instead of just beating the drum really loudly about, hey, you know, maybe you know, just just be a little bit more subtle. <laughs> Maybe with your walk and gentle and, you know, allowing everybody to have whatever expression that they're having uh, on that day. I think it's great to honor those people in your life who are mothers that you, you know, you know, can experience a day as joyful and bring joy as much as you can to everyone that you can. Why not? Why don't we just be a little bit warmer? Even, or if there's that? someone that you know that it, it might actually be a difficult day for them, if you could, you know, take a few extra moments and a little bit of extra of your energy on that day mm -hmm. to make them feel noticed and acknowledged and to kind of siphon that towards them to imbue them with the love that you feel for them. And I, I think that that would be a, a, a good allocation of your resources and in, yeah. in, in bringing, you know, bringing honor to that collective frequency. Sure. What, and a, what a beautiful thing to do. I think that's great when you're sharing your self, your energy, yourself um, in a way that supports love. So we're so glad that you joined us today, Jenna Pinkstone.
thank you, Atika. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure. Wonderful, wonderful. We'll have to have you back to the show uh, for more. We'll be talking about mothers uh, for the next two weeks, and then we'll be surfing into fatherhood (laughs) oh boy here it comes here on soul sanctuary thank everybody for joining me and enjoy your week we'll see you next time goodbye
Goodbye.